Welcome to Backstage with Zadul. I'm your host Kishore from Zadul's very own marketing team and this is a podcast where we share eventful stories from thought leaders across industries to give you epic insights into the world of events and beyond. Welcome back folks. It's been a while here but we're back on Backstage with Zadul with a brand new episode for you. And today's episode is going to be all about B2B webinars. Now, webinars have evolved over the recent few years. I mean, initially they used to be just another brand building exercise, but as event marketers saw more potential in webinars, it evolved into a demand generation powerhouse. And uh, it's something that event marketers should leverage. Now to find out how event marketers can do that we recently spoke to RTC Srinivasan who is the event marketer for Sprinto and uh, Sprinto has been getting their webinar game really really right uh, and uh, we thought it would be just great for us to get some exclusive scoop on how they're doing it so without further ado let me take you to the conversation that Aarti Shri had with Ketan Pandit, our head of marketing, in our recent webinar. So my question is that you guys do a lot of webinars and you do them really, really well. Uh, so as as um, uh, as a channel, right? What what do you think and what have you seen in the last year and a half that you've been running them? Um. So see, like the the fact of the matter is that webinars are a source of conveniently reaching out to people. Like right, yeah. like it's. Everyone knows that the best way to connect with someone is in person and that's valid. But if you're not able to, the next best option, which is to focus on the convenience aspect of it, which is to focus on the fact that you don't have to move or make those travel plans in order to learn or in order to be in, 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 presence of your, in the presence of your uh, target audience is the best option that you can go for, especially if you're looking to be scrappy and you don't have monumental budgets. Webinars would be are an extremely efficient way of being in front of your target audience and you know it's it's always like a a a a great way for us to for us to also get in touch and not just that scale it like we can do we can do five webinars a month we can do three or we can just stick to one great webinar a month it's it's literally like we get to control it and i think that's something that's also that also helps us to uh fast uh, make some fast decisions about it affecting uh, without it involving too many stakeholders, I would say. All right. So do you still think, uh, and, and, you know, things are moving so fast in our space. Do you think um, webinars continue to be a very effective channel to reach out to the ICP or the ideal customer profile that you I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an important channel. That's for sure. Like, it, it, it can't be ignored. You know, it, it, there was a webinar boom during the pandemic, but it's not like, yeah, uh, post-pandemic, we can just forget about it because it's itself time and again to be an extremely effective way to to be in front of a target audience and to speak what you want to speak in front of the target audience right like yeah. it's like it's like saying would you watch a live play or watch a tv show mm-hmm. yeah live play gives a good experience but if the tv show is convenient it's in front of you it's easy to watch it delivers a message right so so just uh, doubling down on what you said there it's an effective way right so how, how do you define that effectiveness um, so there are multiple ways to do it. Like, okay, like for example, if I if I look at 
uh, a, a particular webinar topic i'll first think of the objectives that i want to get out of this webinar and that mm-hmm. can be many things that can be that i want to teach my target audience about my product or i want to talk to my target audience about a recent uh, industry uh, uh, changing thing that's come up now how well is this webinar helping me communicate that message and what to what level of depth am i able to uh, uh, effectively do in this in this duration of that webinar so am i as my target audience going from 0 to at least 2 if not 10 after after listening to my webinar like do they know a little bit more than what they used to know before that's right. how i look at it because my objectives for webinars have been for knowledge sharing either about sprinto or knowledge sharing about what's happening in the industry yeah. so it's like do they know more than what they were knowing before and if right. that's that's yes then that's an effective one for me of course right. the nuances of format and yeah. what happens in that that 40 30 40 minutes is there that's that's we can talk about it that's my that's my goal sure of course i mean that's the intention with which we started event heroes right the whole idea is to um not take too much time but at the same time be a channel that can be easily accessed be convenient to attend from anywhere and uh, make you a better person or a better professional by the end of it right so different uh, different industries i would say tend to look at webinars as different uh, they have different goals from their webinars right so for us is education and reaching out to the icps getting people like you to come and talk about what works what doesn't work and we've seen this channel grow over the past 6 months we've been um, seeing a tremendous growth tremendous traction and people do refer to it in conversations hey i listened to that episode that mm-hmm. expert was bang on or, you know i didn't agree with your point of view and you you see all kinds but we have seen that it is a much more um, real uh, experience of uh, an individual's experience with your brand right mm-hmm. so you get immediate feedback or you know it's it's, it's just like an email you, if somebody responds to your email you know immediately if they're interested or not have yes. you seen something similar with the 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 program for the past year and a half at sprinto most definitely um so we we we've, we've started off like so in the in the beginning when we were trying to see if, if webinars was like a scalable channel for us uh we kept like very bare bones structure we were like uh, we are going to judge it by the registration versus attendee ratio then it slowly evolved into the was a certain uh, was a certain deep plus uh, how many questions are we getting how many polls are we generating and what's the what's the uh, response for the polls and mm-hmm. these were like very good sound boards for us to understand how much a person resonates with the topic because i might say that hey this is super important i do want to talk about it like this is all we have to talk about but if the if my icp doesn't agree then this there's no better yeah. feedback loop for me than to have this kind of a webinar where they hear someone see someone speak about it and then they're like yeah this this is for me <laughs> and i'll know it yeah. and i'll know it immediately if i send a if i send an email where i can i can write a beautifully drafted uh email with like really like a like an informative ebook or i can talk about like this is our report read the report i don't even know if they read it but i'll know if they're watching i'll know if yeah. they're, they're seeing it and i'll know that they're responding and if they are leaving i'm like okay this is where we lost them this is where it no longer made like they didn't they didn't feel yeah. there was so i know it so i think this this is like hands down the best way to actually realize yeah. or understand what your target audience is listening and and just looking at the difference between uh, webinars in 2022 and webinars in 2023 and whatever we've had do you see a difference in that period do you think people are uh now that in person events are back with the bank do you think people are 
less inclined to attend webinars actually for us it's been the opposite like our attendee oh, rate has increased in 2023 compared to 2020 oh lovely okay and i mean that that it can be both right it, like we are in the era of hybrid events which i know that even zadul does uh, but like you know in person events is back but like how ready are people to constantly be out there and network after 2 years of just working from home that's yeah. like it's, it's again debatable they're not, they're not like oh yeah i've been socializing for 5 days i'm not going to go do another event and like socialize there as well. <laughs> that, that's really there which is yeah. natural uh, but this is still convenient this is still like i just have to watch this webinar i will learn yeah. i will know what's there i have to like change get into the mindset <laughs> all that like i hear you isn't there like we say yeah. one hour but it's like 3 hours right one hour yeah. before you think oh god there is an event <laughs> one hour after like oh i talked to so many people <laughs> so all yeah. that is like extra baggage but like events virtual events you just go you attend you're out yeah i, I absolutely agree with you i mean um, we have seen that happen too um, and in going into h2 you know we're just at the fag end of the first half of the year um, what are you seeing what is your plans of ramping up webinars are you ramping them up are you scaling them down are you keeping them same at sprinto uh ramping and ramping them up but uh, consciously like you know uh, we are still in the, we, we, there is there is a there's a certain level of i would say like screen time fatigue that's there like i wouldn't even just call it webinar fatigue mm. people are working from home having zoom calls for like 10 12 hours a day and like i, I we have to remain cognizant of it and also we have to also remain cognizant of the fact that your target audience can't constantly keep receiving emails from you saying now you watch one event great now come to the next event so there needs to be the delicate balance is how much activity is too much activity so we are we are finding that balance i would say we are scaling it up but like a little bit just to test out the waters right okay. right so this mostly is a Sorry, yeah. sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. It's mostly business as usual, but like scaling a little bit to see, like yeah. running accelerated experiences to see, like does that work? If that works, then yeah, we'll we'll scale it. <laughs> so, so do you see a lot of um, other organizations also scaling up on webinars? What are you seeing, peers and uh, friends and colleagues? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm seeing a little more virtual activity. Like people are trying to. uh retain like uh like build 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 brands like across virtual programs like they are trying mm. to do that uh, uh like they are trying to build webinar properties or like virtual yeah. properties which is great which is which is wonderful because when you're scrolling on linkedin that's the that's the thing you see you would see that someone hosted in person which is awesome yeah. but like you would see this in a more constant manner and you can you can tone yeah. up tone down how much ever you want So yeah. I do, I do see a, a, a lot, especially in the security space, because uh, knowledge is a, is a big uh, currency. Like the security leaders want to know more about what's happening, and they find it through these webinars. Yeah, and and like medicine, the space is also evolving so fast. There are different types of threats every hour, right? So there is no but choice but to kind of stay on top of the game at every uh, every day, every hour, or whatever, however you put it, right? Yeah. But that brings me to this question that you know at Sprinto, how are you thinking about your webinar program, right? Um, a lot of people start with a lot of fanfare, but eventually it kind of dwindles because probably they don't have the foundations in place. Um, how are you? How did you start with your program, and you know, uh, how did you progress? How do you think about it now? Okay, so uh, this was this was from my head of marketing. So he would be uh, he's props to him for saying it. It was like just start small. 
Yeah. Get easy win. Once you get easy win, you will know. You will get the confidence to try out other stuff. Right. right. Like uh, we looked at webinars in the beginning as like very straightforward stuff. Like we have something to say. Let's say. Let's do like a small pitch in the end, and then we'll do the we'll do a nurture and stuff. But uh, I was quite uh, you know adamant on the fact that the majority aspect of the webinar cannot be a sales thing. At least in the beginning, it cannot right. just be like here's forty five reasons why you should choose crypto. That will work. There there'll be very of us. You have to give them information that they didn't have, or you have to show them something that they haven't seen, and then maybe like if you feel like exploring, explore. So that was my initial uh, blueprint that I had for our webinars, and uh, it's largely, I mean, it's it's surprisingly largely remained the same because the psychology of it is that people don't want to be sold sold to in the first time they see you. but other the aspects of like how do i format the webinars all of that has changed like something that god was that you know if you have a webinar for 45 minutes you're going to get a calendar invite which looks like it's for an hour now yeah. think of it like if you have a meeting where there's an hour block you're like oh god that's a whole hour you have to yeah. sit <laughs> so we we started experimenting with like 30 minute short form content 30 minute yeah. you come you learn you go and you you get questions answered everything is like So the the four questions that we talk also are like in depth questions. So we are like yeah. we take one tactic tactical problem, we like attack it properly. Or four questions you will learn something out of that. Like you'll get something out of it. Ask your questions and you're gone. So right. you, your meeting block is also only for half an hour. This yeah. is something that worked really well for us, especially in terms of attendee rate, because people are like thirty minutes else day. Right. Right. So yeah. that's an understanding that came to us after we continuously every we used to do three webinars a month, four webinars wow. a month. Okay. Uh, to get what's the frequency, what's actually working, what's the what's the title that works, what's piquing their attention, and now we 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 like kind of have a decent understanding of okay, if we do this, this will work. So, but that comes from constantly experimenting. Of course, of course, and uh, that's why we also run event heroes for thirty minutes because in the age of Instagram stories and YouTube shorts, the attention span and the willingness of people to sit through something has kind of dwindled, right? So we're we're playing uh, to the audience. Yeah, and you're not competing with other webinars. You're competing yeah. with Netflix and Prime yeah. and all of these stuff. So it's yeah. you have to keep that in mind. It needs to be like a TV show. No, no absolutely. That's that's one very very uh, strong takeaway already for me from this conversation. Um, how how do you go about planning this? Right. So you started with four webinars a week. That has to be too much. I mean, uh, how did you manage? And uh, what are you doing now? So it's four webinars a month, a week. I would have, yeah, sorry, my bad. Month. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, that's I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, it was. We, so we had a month where it was four webinars, but we usually were like a month. We tried that to see. Uh, it, well, the management of that was difficult because, like, we, I, I was more like it was more from an execution. We were trying to get execution best practices. So in that way, we were like, okay, if we do these three, how how far in advance should we plan? and currently to answer your question we plan a quarter in advance so we do it okay. quarterly just so that our our planning isn't so dated that we are not able to uh, adapt to any feedback but just enough that we can get the right speakers uh, plan out the email campaign and everything in like a decent right. amount of time uh but actually doing that many uh, webinars a month has us the confidence that you know if you give me two weeks notice i can run the show 
I said, give me like 10 days notice. I know I can get this many people because I know these are the levers I have to touch. These are the channels I have to go after. Right. So I, can, I know how to do it. I mean, I can't guarantee that you know, it'll be a hit for sure because <laughs> everything works that way. But like, I have an understanding of what it takes yeah. to do it. But like that happens because you keep learning from doing so, right. many, of, so many of these events. Right. But yeah, quarter in advance looks like a good idea and have a bird's eye view of everything that's happening at least for the next six to nine months. To uh, give what you do you mean by that? So like uh, with, with, with security, right? Like I know that in the next six to nine months, there are some checkpoints where some big events are happening. So during that time, maybe I'll, I'll like say that, maybe I'll do something around like attending this event. Here are, here are like some other things that you have to do. Topical. Yeah. All of these topical oh. stuff that I can just squeeze in between my usual scheduled programming. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just keep those ad hoc things, things in mind so that I'm not just stuck to this is what we're going right. to do. Yeah. Right. And I mean, uh, a lot of people kind of don't look at that and they schedule a webinar and we, I've been guilty of doing that when it's a holiday and I'm like, oops, it's too late for me to back out. I didn't know that. And yeah, obviously it crashed, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's a lesson that I have learned. And uh, yeah, I, I keep at least a quarter's uh, perspective in view and, you know, I make sure that a couple of people see it because I'm so blinded with my project that I might just miss it. Right. So yeah. it just doesn't hurt. You got a couple of colleagues and devils advocates on board. Mm -hmm. And and what channels work for you uh, uh, so far? What have what channels have worked? Uh, so we we are doing it this way. We're taking three channels that are really good, and then we are taking one experimental channel that mm. we'll run for two quarters. Okay. So three channels that have worked have been uh, organic social, uh, paid social is not working, uh, linked, uh, and then like uh, emails, and then communities. So nice. uh, sharing, engaging in communities are uh, LinkedIn groups, Slack groups. All of that has been a surprisingly good experiment for us. Right. I was a little reticent about it because engagement in these communities of like 20, 30K people is very low. But like, how do you uh, work around the messaging to catch their attention at what time to do? So that was like a, yeah. like a good experiment that we tried. So these three are like bankable uh, channels uh, and now like one more that we take up would probably like this, like from next quarter, we are planning to take one more experimentative channel, which is we're trying, okay. to, we're trying to probably, I have to check because we're still thinking of what channel to do, but like one experiment will come up. So these three channels now our next step is uh, our current share is like, you know, uh, it's like 50% email, 30% organic, 20% community. We are now trying to... Nice the dependency on email so how do we tweak the ratio that's the next right. step fantastic and once a month is your sweet spot uh for events no, I think for, twice, yeah. twice a month is good like do one top of the final event and then do one demo right oh okay so, yeah no, that was, makes sense makes sense so um going back to a lot of uh, the, uh, something that we were discussing earlier right that a lot of people get started with a lot of fanfare but they don't see the results uh, in your experience, because you've been doing this for such a long time, um, what are the, some of the most common mistakes that people make when they're either building a webinar program, a strategy, or executing it? I think like basically thinking too much about the production aspect of it, which yeah. is like, you know, uh, we will we will bring in a live musician. I have done mm -hmm. this, like, so I thought of doing an initial like a masterclass last year where I was like. So we'll have these breaks during those breaks we'll bring these people we'll do like a stand-up show we'll make sure yeah. that attendee rate is there and all but like i just realized when when you're like executing right that's like an unnecessary headache you're having on yourself yeah of course that's too much yeah. 
you already have so much to do <laughs> why that extra stuff so yeah. thinking uh, like you know i will make the best show happen is is difficult because yeah. the only thing you can bank on is bringing good speakers having a great mic and like keeping the format uh, being being aware that you know people's time is is precious so you have to wrap it up quickly that's the only three things that i learned but like before i was like no i'll do this and then i will like give everyone coffee i will like send them these things during this particular time like yeah. too much thinking Yeah, like yeah. what an event should be i think yeah. that's something that i learned not to do right and but with in context of webinars right so because you only have 30 minutes and you want everything to be perfect i think a lot of lot of us and i have been guilty of this want to make sure that everything runs perfectly right which is but natural yeah. but that operational uh, uh, overhead of getting things to work properly kind of eats into the time that you would have spent maybe connecting with the speaker or getting uh, you know getting in touch with the audience have you seen this uh, happen very frequently i mean i have done that too i'll <laughs> be like i'll be like always so thinking you know oh god oh, like are people there is my speaker there okay is the speaker uh, you know interested in talking are they in like a mood like you you think of so much of the nitty gritty that you forget to actually humanize the event where you're yeah. like are there just people talking it's like it's people sharing information you have to remember that so i i even think that like if there's some some snafu that happens in big there was like one webinar i attended where the dog came and like someone's dog came in and the, it wow. was like it was so cute i'm like yeah i like it like it shows yeah. that people are human on the other side there's something that's not so yeah. overproduced so that was nice like i quite like yeah. that i quite like some imperfections right so yeah that's very interesting you say that right because we are so busy making things perfect that we we forget that oh this is you know it's a conversation that you're having and kids will walk in somebody will roll in the background how yeah. will go off the dogs might just come and sit on your lap and you know there's nothing you can do about it so there's no point fretting much as I, i mean we would love to as marketers have like control over everything <laughs> you can't <laughs> and you just sometimes have to just give into it and be like just just show an ethically good time that you're having people will will yeah. get hold to it even with, yeah. with outreach and stuff that's how you do it right when you personalize it you make it look like a human is there why can't we do that for events why is yeah. events so stiff yeah i mean eventually people buy from people right yeah Yeah. So, um, um, how how do you go about thinking about say a topic, right? So you've got a quarter uh, in advance. So maybe now we're at the end of quarter two. You probably have your calendar for quarter three sorted, right? Um, how do you go about thinking about topics? Where are these topics coming from? Uh, it's a lot of research. Uh, basically, I'll, one I look at like all of these industry credible sources, communities, mm-hmm. like recognized communities, which security leaders look at. Number two, existing customers uh, analyze the calls that they have with the CX team, see what exact problem that they are having. Like we always know, uh, you know, we have like a bird's eye view of what our what problem our our solution is solving. But when we when we see the other seven customers are using a product, we'll know an even better. We'll have like an even better understanding of this is what we are doing. Okay, gotcha. Like that customer yeah. calls really help. And number three is, uh, you know, like. Analyzing, peer analyzing uh, content. See competitors. What are they doing? <laughs> Always a good place to check. <laughs> Read their blogs. I like. I just like look at what they're doing. Some yeah. of them is really good. So I'm like, yeah, that's that's a nice thing. Yeah, yeah. And that was the show, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. 
to stay updated on upcoming episodes follow us on your favorite streaming platform also visit zaddle.com to know how you can simplify your b2b events see ya